scratch and smooth. Perhaps most gallingly recently I got asked, um, will that be all, sir? Whilst buying only tampons. <laughs> Don't forget, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Which is why H is always knackers. <laughs> Ian Beale. His dead eyes. His shit hair. His greying food hygiene cap. Incorrectly assumes he sports at a jaunty angle. <laughs> Shiny new stand-up comedian on the block, Thea Downey there, with her own unique brand of hijinks, mirth and tittertastic banter. Well, we at SNS Towers couldn't resist adding another stand-up sensation to our glamorous and indeed eclectic menagerie of guests. So stand by your pumps, put loads of salt in some of these tea in the name of comedy, and let all your hairs hang out. You're listening to SNS Online. So Thea, I guess first question, how did you get into stand-up? Well, Nick, I um, I saw a friend do it. Uh, he decided to, and I went along to a couple of his gigs, and he always seemed to be head and shoulders better than everyone else, okay. not just because he was my mate. And yeah. um, it was really as simple as, if he can do that, I might be able to. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I got more interested in it, and then I've, um, a colleague of mine was also interested in doing stand-up, so I just decided to book myself on a course. Right, that lit the fire. Yeah. So what was the course like? The course was great. Um, it wasn't, there's a rather f- a well-known one run by Logan Murray, but it wasn't that one. Yes, uh, I've been on the same course. Oh, really? <laughs> Look where it got me. Oh, really? <laughs> He's good, yeah. He, he, I think he lets you kind of explore your inner funny. Uh, whereas, uh, I'm going to name it, it was at the London Comedy Course run by a chap called Harry Denford, who was just really a... F- Harry Denford? Never heard of him. Okay. I'm sure he's lovely. <laughs> he's big in jonglers. Oh, hello. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, not uh, not, not to be uh, sneezed at. No, not at all. Mm. So he just gave. Um, it was six weeks, three hours, uh, three hours a week, and it was pretty intensive. And we were a small course because it wasn't prime time. And uh, yeah, no, Harry Denford was brilliant at helping you collate enough for a, for a good five minutes. And the first lesson was one of the most interesting because you had to stand up and. Nobody knew who you were, and they mm. had to guess whether or not you were gay, straight, single, married, nice or not nice, <laughs> which I quite I liked. It. Yeah, it was good. And mm. I got not sure about gay or straight, not sure about single or married, not nice. <laughs> which, so, so you're not officially not nice? I'm officially uh, comedically not nice, okay. um, which, which I was rather pleased about, funnily enough. Mm. Um, I, I can dispute that, having yeah. known you for quite a long time. But there we go. You're too kind. Yeah. But it's, uh, but no, I think I thought I thought that that would allow me to do a bit more with the persona. Mm. Um, yeah, and and by the end of it, he took he took away the fear of it by saying that he um, there was a, a showcase um, event at the end of these six weeks, and um, he said, you know, I really I really care about the reputation of my course, and if you're not funny, I'm not going to let you go on stage. So that was great. So the worst that could happen was you'd have to tell. 50 people, I'm terribly sorry, um, it's, it's all off. 
But you well, that's just your safety net. I'd rather sort of uh, stop there than die in, in every way possible on stage. Exactly, yeah. Which I've done many times. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I, we've both been on the stand-up comedy course. I seem to remember that there were lots of uh, sort of warm-up exercises which really do require you to sort of think outside the box to get you in that zone. The main example I can remember, we did loads, but it was years ago. There's one person who's going to jump off a cliff. And the other person has to talk him down mm. or uh, we discover more about these two people or who knows, the second person might push the first one off a cliff at the end of it. Yeah. But that's your scenario. And you can pretty well go anywhere with something like that. Was it similar to Logan Murray's uh, method in that respect? Um, no, there were a few where you were just supposed to get very emotional. It was basically kind of through medium of dance. You were supposed to express jokes. <laughs> through the medium of dance. It was, honestly, <laughs> you had to kind of contort yourself and... And I was rubbish at that. It was it, That was more one for people with an acting background. Um, but mainly it was things like he gave us all a joke before we started that we had to tell in our own way. And we all kind of, I, I remember giving it a, a political spin and, <laughs> and feeling quite pleased with myself. Yeah. And he went, yeah, I know, you, you know, you, you think you're middle class and, <laughs> and clever, don't you? But what you've done there is add 400 words to a joke that needs 20. <laughs> he was really hot on kind of tight writing. Mm. Um, which is very useful. Get the red marker pen out, as That's they say. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or just rip it all up. One of the things he got us to do was look up proverbs and then kind of make puns on them, mm. which is quite fun. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sort of it's it's a, it's a known thing to do. And he said, if you're when you're starting out, people don't know who you are. You have to address how you appear. Mm. So to do the kind of classic, um, I, I know. I know what you're thinking. Um, I look like the love child between... Uh, I'm, I'm stealing my friend's joke. But the love child of uh, Mr and Mrs Downey, uh, which is my surname. Okay. Um, unfortunately, it was a loveless marriage. So, uh, okay. Not, that's someone else's joke. Yeah, but, no, uh, no way, yeah. Yeah, so some standard things. And uh, it was a lot about... Kind of, actually, it was about um, uh, microphone technique as well. So move the mic away from you, because you still do see a lot of people have been going for a couple of years will leave the mic kind of in front of them and in the audience's eye line. Mm. Um, and also he talks about trying to dominate the stage, so being on the front foot, which again is something useful if it's going badly to kind of remember to try and, you know, you're in control on the stage. Attack is the best form of defence. <laughs> and obviously right. I guess you do deal with heckles as well? Um, no, I've only have ever had people sort of asking me to extrapolate on something. Um, so, but, but I kind of ambient sounds, so sirens and things, um, right. always acknowledge them. Who are your stand-up heroes and indeed heroines? Oh, well, um, it's quite cheesy. I really Cheese away, my darling. <laughs> it's, it really is Louis C.K., I think just because of his honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm... You know, obviously your, your Milton Joneses and your Tim Vines, they, they've got wonderful yeah. wordplay, which is a delight um, and, and really tickles me. And there are lots of uh, very clever people like that. But I and Ross Nobles, this, you know, he's a glorious surrealist. Mm. He's quite um, bonkers, isn't he? He is bonkers. <laughs> and I, I just I can't, you know, I admire his fizzing mind so much. But um, but CK is kind of I don't think he is actually that honest, but he appears to be. He sort of he really kind of eats his heart out, gets very angry. Um, there's a lot of kind of interesting and thoughtful self-loathing, um, loathing for society. Um, but I find, I find, I find him very engaging. Um, Maria Bamford is, she's a very funny, not to everyone's taste, but b she has quite serious mental health problems, um, okay. unwanted thought syndrome, and she's very articulate about that. Um, yeah, and uh, and very funny. I mean, I think by and large, I I enjoy. Female comics, I mean, Amy Schumer's great, another kind of honest mm. one. 
I, um, I, I think I do as well. I don't know if that's because I'm a screaming whoopsie or <laughs> just because I, I, I find women... I just find some of the, the male comedians that can be quite sort of heavy-handed... And uh, particularly if it's if it's your male heterosexual of a certain age, yeah. you're going to be ticking off cars, uh, sex. <laughs> I mean, obviously there are so many different ways to do that, but I, I, I find I want to people more like Eddie Izzard who will go off on tangents and will be yes. rather beautiful and sweet uh, yeah. as as well as totally bonkers. No, I mean, he, he was a huge hero. I mean, in fact, I, I sort of... It's weird because you still see people... I still saw somebody at a, an open mic thing the other day using a very old bit of his material. But I used to know all of his specials kind of absolutely off by heart. You know, my sister and I would... Cake um, or death, cake, cake or, or death. death. Cake <laughs> or death, yeah. But he introduced a kind of a very distinctive cadence that then um, a lot of people ripped off, uh, which mm. is sort of tantamount to his influence, I suppose. Yes. Um, yeah, who else? Um, Kathy Griffin, she's very funny. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting one because I don't know that people necessarily... I mean, you know, you're... Bill Hicks was wonderful. A mate introduced me to him when I was 20. Oh, and in right. the same way that you always remember people who introduced, you know, your great musical heroes yeah. like Tom Waits or what have you, yeah. I'll be forever grateful to her. Yeah. I mean, your Richard Pryor's and your Lenny Bruce's and that, for some reason they didn't speak to me. And I think yeah. stand-up comedy has to really talk to you. And uh, otherwise it's not going to work. No, absolutely. I mean, is there anybody... I mean, obviously you're trying to find your own style and your, your own voice and all the rest of it, but, I mean, uh, are there any pointers from from some of the greats that you admire that, you know, you would like to take aspects of, if possible, but to morph it into your own reality? Um, I think just watching... Um, I'm not sure about the greats so much, but... Uh, well, what works for you, basically, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, when you see... When you're at my kind of, um, you know slimy entry level stage um, <laughs> it's rather wonderful because I've been doing it not off, at all <laughs> no, but I've been really doing it more off than on for two and a half years mm. um, so you see people that you sort of start in the, in the same kind of year if you like um, and you see their confidence growing and I think just stage time just gives you um, gives you legs gives you range mm. whether kind of physically or, or the sort of things that you're prepared to explore and what you can get a laugh out of mm. and I find in some senses, people kind of three to four rungs above me in, in experience, you know, doing a kind of solid 10, 15. Um, I find them very informative, whether it be carrying off a song or, or seeing people who, who were originally quite boxy for them to kind of break out into a more physical element. Um, that's the sort of thing I aspire to. You know, watching a Bill Burr special or something, it's, it's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's like watching a... Kenneth Branner when you've just done your sixth form <laughs> one act play or something. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about some of the gigs you've done and uh, the highlights and if you can handle it, the lowlights as well. Yeah. Death. Um, Death. <laughs> well, the first gig was wonderful. Um, um, you weren't there, were you? I didn't. I no, I have. I've seen it on YouTube and it yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. When I was six, I wanted to be Batman. Hey. And the costume. Uh, when I was 12, I wanted to be Wolverine. <laughs> when I was 15, I wanted all the other girls to stop calling me Dave. <laughs> Get along with the other girls now, nowadays. Fine, which is, uh, which is really great. Uh, apart from fat girls. Um, <laughs> just the fat girls that need you to lie to them. Um, I didn't realise for many years that there's an established call and response um, that runs fat girl. Oh, I'm looking really fat. 
Correct reply, no, you're not, you're looking lovely at the moment. Are those new earrings? <laughs> not knowing that, um, <laughs> um, I would just give them an affirmative nod. <laughs> Well, it was the warmest crowd. I mean, that, that was the other thing that old Harry said, um, that it will be the best gig you have for at least six months, even if you gig constantly. And that it was, because you've got 50 of your closest friends, really... And you pay them a fiver each. Yeah, well, no, they... No, I'm joking. They, no, they paid, um, God, God bless them, to, to sweat out to Greenwich. Mm. Um, so everyone... And we were on quite late, so everyone's sort of nicely oiled yes. and just willing you to, to do well. Yeah. Um, because it is there's nothing worse than seeing a mate just, you know... Do pensionly badly, <laughs> so um, so no, that was wonderful. Like, you know, we were all absolutely flying. I didn't get to sleep till at least three a.m. or something, Fantastic. Um, which Fantastic. was yeah, re- really a really wonderful night. Um, since then, I had a lovely one. There's a very nice gig with a waiting list run by the wonderful Barry Ferns in Islington, the Camden Head, and my first one there. It was great, man. They just um, it was the, probably the first time <laughs> and last time that I really felt as though I kind of owned the laughter. It's only really happened that once. Um, that was great. It's almost um, like an instinctive feeling of force, isn't it, when, you, when, you, when it's, it's all going... It was a bit, yeah. yeah. No, it was. I just sort of got on um, got on stage and it all just kind of went my way for some reason. And just to say, I'm, I'm speaking from other people's experience, not my own. <laughs> and, yeah, no, bad ones. I mean, I had a pretty... It, it, it's, an, it's an odd one because it is really subjective. I've had two... I mean, you get ones where you're just sort of ending up playing to two other bored comics, which I don't really count. But in terms of like losing an audience, um, that's happened three times, really. Um, and if it's a really, really tough crowd, you're not supposed to blame the audience. But if you're seeing, you know, an MC who's been going for 20 years getting nothing, then you don't feel that bad if they're not really sure, reacting to absolutely. what you're doing. But I've, no, I have, I've had a few where my first death, the MC, as I left the stage, he said, yeah, now we've got a woman who's actually funny. <laughs> Which, which was, oh, that's so cruel. It was a bit harsh. That was pretty, um, that's pretty naughty. Yeah, I, I didn't like him. No, I um, don't like him either. <laughs> thanks. But, I, I mean, oddly, I watched the... I had a video of it, and um, and it, it it seemed all right. You know, the jokes weren't that bad. Mm. Um, and then I had one about six weeks ago that put me off for a while. But again, listen, finally, finally listened back to it, and it was OK. So it is very subjective as to whether or not you killed it or, Absolutely. Know, died a death. Well, tag my toe. I'm on the slab, aren't I? Scratch and sniff. Online! With Nick Randall. So where do you see it going then? Because obviously you're doing another job as your proper job at the moment. It's not in stand-up comedy, so I believe... Oh, no, no, no. But, uh, that, that, that's correct. I work for the BBC... Uh, uh-huh. I feel very fortunate to do so. Um, it's God quite... bless them. God, God bless them. I would really like to make more of it. And, you know, in, encouraging friends such as yourself have said I should mm. kind of keep keep at it. And a, and a couple of other comics, I sort of, even when I'm not doing that well with the audience, the comics are quite sweet and say they like my writing. So I think there's something there to, to build on. But well, you it's, really... it's all in the text, isn't it? So I mean, that's where it starts from. A lot, a lot of it can be, although... and, and looking yourself in the mirror for, for you know over and over again. That's right, with with, with the hairbrush. Although <laughs> I find it quite hard to write new stuff, and every time I book a gig in a couple of weeks, I think, oh, I'll, I'll have a whole new five minutes by then, and then, you know, predictably, I'll I'll try maybe half a new joke per gig. So I don't, I'm not very prolific. Some some people are writing constantly, but also it's a bit like sort of I believe going to the gym or being in mm. any kind of um, athletic training people are taking it seriously do kind of three to five gigs a week mm. or more 
um, there's a uh, doubling up is when you do two gigs a night, you know, when you're when you're getting good and in demand. But uh, to do that, you really do have to kind of say goodbye to your mates, mm. um, you know, for a year. Absolutely. And um, I'm not quite prepared to do that. But having said that, you know, if you if you're not gigging that much, you just don't keep the kind of the learning momentum. Um, but, but does the excitement of getting into comedy and coming up with ideas that are genuinely funny get your mind percolating to the point where you might wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh, my God, that's brilliant, and you've got a notebook and pen or something or not? Well, <laughs> well this, this is what, is how you this do is what it? distinguishes me from, from proper comics, Nick, is that ah. no, not at the moment. Certainly on, on the course, I was because I, that was very much what I was focused on at the time. Um, yes, and then for quite a few months afterwards. But now I sort of turn around these slightly esoteric ideas I had one about how I wasn't a proper fan and maybe men are better fans than women but it wasn't it, there was a kind of kernel of an idea but there were as my, my friend said where are the jokes I was like, I don't but there's a lot of potential are. in something like that because there's so many geeky people in the world now I mean yeah. geek is cool and, and, and women are geeks and the rest of it that, so that's true lot to explore there are, there are lots I mean I think throwing um, a bit of sexism I don't know yeah, yeah why not Bit of casual everyday sexism. A warm um, custard and gym slip. Sorry, I'm going to carry the whistle. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> we um, should be a double act, Sophia. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, we, we need to punch up, not punch down. Absolutely. Uh, so, no, not at the moment. But I think, again, it, it, it's quite a kind of mental shift to go, this is all that I'm doing. Um, and you, you have to kind of keep it front and foremost. I saw an interview with... It was an imagine about stand-up comedy, um, and a lot of comics were asked when they when they're prepping for their Edinburgh hour-long shows. You know, what, how do they think about it? And they all kind of to a, to a man or woman said they just start looking at everything and going, oh, you know, microphones—they're funny, aren't they? They're bouncy. <laughs> oh, studio walls and um, uh, PCs, hilarious, so square. And they just their their mind has to kind of switch into that permanently mm. for at least two months before they start. So, Thea, as well as uh, performing comedy, you're also promoting um, other people's comedy. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I had the um, a, a friend at, um, at work was organising a fundraising night and she asked me, because I know a lot of comics, um, if I'd like to put together some people to come perform. So for, for one night only, I was a, a, a promoter uh, for nothing. But it's great, you just say fundraiser. It was, in fact, uh, for, for a play that she'd written. Uh, so not for charity proper, if you like. But that was really interesting because it was all done in a kind of uh, a day's flurry on Facebook uh, because the comedy world tends to operate on Facebook. In fact, yeah. I had to come back onto Facebook after having left it in high dudgeon um, oh. <laughs> after having done the comedy course right. um, because you can't get gigs otherwise, uh, mainly. So I was really delighted because basically people, there are a lot of really nice people out there who are, who are really good and... Um, I asked somebody for a few recommendations. Um, I obviously knew a few people that, that I really liked and really rated, but it was just quite collegiate. You know, people were recommending friends. I had two lovely comics travel from Brighton, uh, David Jordan and Nadia Dahl. They were they were well lovely. Done. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, they were, it was they like were, giving birth. That was they were really <laughs> almost there. Um, <laughs> But that was fun. But uh, yeah, but it, it, it's a strange feeling because you mm. feel not only dependent, uh, not only responsible for whether or not the audience is having a good time, but also for whether or not the, the comics feel as though it was worth their time. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, a lot of these guys, you know, they're, won they're winning kind of um, radio awards, new acts of the year awards. You know, they're, they're all done or doing really well. Mm. Um, but uh, no, I found it to be a kind of very 
soft and fluffy experience. Um, I do have enormous respect for the people who just kind of, you know, week in, week out, will put on these shows for, for free. And there's just there's just a lot of chasing. I mean, mine was, a, you know, it was a small bill. Uh, I think it ended up being nine acts. And just kind of, you know, getting everybody to the right place um, on time. Uh, people want to know about the running order and where they're going. So I think if I didn't already um, have enormous kind of hats off feelings towards uh, people who do this just for the love of it, mm. um, then, then I do now. I think there's an awful lot of goodwill that um, is required and is yeah. genuinely needed to be given and, and is yes. expected generally in the industry, not just in stand-up comedy. I, you know, mm. I think most of my creative career has been for free. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm sure it will continue to be. But... <laughs> well, obviously, bear in mind, Theo, that one of our previous guests, Helen Arney, was on a stand-up comedy course uh, run by Logan Murray, and now she's, she's everywhere. She's you know doing stuff on Radio Four and with Robin Ince and all the rest of it. So uh, clearly, it's just a matter of, um, of, of sticking to it. What would you say to people listening if they want to get into stand-up comedy? I would say that courses, I found a course not to be cheesy and to be very helpful. Um, people have all sorts of kind of opinions about it on the circuit. Um, Sodom, really. Do the course if you've got the money to spare and if you need that propulsion. Or just get up and find an open mic night if you're... Um, if you happen to live in London, um, you're very fortunate because there are lots of lots and lots and lots of places that you can go and just turn up. That's great. It's not as scary as it sounds. Uh, it really isn't, actually. And also, once you've done it and it's gone well, uh, you just feel excellent and you'll just want to chase that. Mainly, some advice I got from somebody else is absolutely true. It's just about stage time. It's just stage time, stage time, stage time. The, the, there's no shortcut to it. A friend compared it to kind of flight hours for a pilot. Um, okay. and it's, and it's, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, um, and you're just you're you're never going to get good unless you there's there's a kind of magic number around 100 gigs, but just kind of constantly gigging is the advice that I would give our, your listeners and myself <laughs> to, to to do very well because it it's you'll just you'll get the polish there, and a lot of things that happen on stage, um, you you'll find that jokes mutate and work in a way that you're just never going to get on paper. <laughs> So, Thea, thank you so much for uh, joining us on Scratch the Sniff tonight. It's gratefully appreciated. Obviously, we've had a very good tradition of, of uh, stand-up comedy on the show, so it's nice to uh, uh, grab somebody at the start of their career. And um, we had you on. We had you on. <laughs> so, and, of course, you get your celebrity goodie bag, um, as all the celebrities get. So, Thea Danny, thank you so much. Thank you, too, very much.